Welcome to the Mindset for Runners podcast, helping you to access and unlock your true potential as an athlete. Hey, it's Rob here, and welcome to this episode called Challenge versus Threat Mindset. This is one of my favorite topics in psychology and sports psychology, and one that's not really discussed much, and I don't know why, because it's so important, and you're going to get a lot out of the episode today. I want to start with a quick announcement. Um, On the 31st of March, I'll be racing 20 cyclists from Fire and Rescue New South Wales from Jindabyne to Charlotte Pass in a handicapped event where we're raising money for the Westmead Children's Hospital uh, Burns Unit, who every fiery uh, in New South Wales contributes a um, small donation to every week from our pay. So we're raising money for the Burns Unit, um, for the kids in the Burns Unit to really help um, with to, to alleviate their suffering through putting on more nursing staff, getting more equipment, um, upgrading their research capabilities, and also providing more counselling support for the kids and for their family to deal with these horrific burns that they get uh, and end up in the hospital with. So that's the um, 31st of March. I'll be racing them. Hopefully I'm going to beat these champions from Jindabyne to Charlotte Pass. Uh, we're going to be working out the exact handicaps uh, about a week out from the race. But if you want to know more, you can go to my website, www.robmason.run uh, or 404.org to find out more. All right, let's get into this episode. I'm really excited about this. Uh, I'm going to start with a story. I'm going to go back to the 1999 Rugby World Cup, uh, New Zealand versus France. This is the semi-final. New Zealand is the greatest team in the world and has absolutely trampled over everybody in the lead-up pool matches to get to the semi-final. These are the days of the great Jonah Lomu. If you've ever seen Jonah Lomu play, he was um, a devastating attacker who would just used to run over the top of everybody else in rugby and score a lot of goals. Tries. You can tell how good I am at rugby. So Lomu had scored two tries in this first half. New Zealand went into the halftime break 24 to 10 up. And what happened after that halftime break is still regarded as the biggest choke in Rugby World Cup history. So I want to take you to an interview with the French players after the match who said, at halftime, we were in the dressing rooms and we said, we're not doing too badly here. We've got nothing to lose. We can really do something against this team. We're going to throw caution to the wind and we're just going to go out there and we're going to give them hell. This is what the French players said. Now, in the New Zealand dressing room at halftime, they were focusing on the lead they had and trying to protect the lead. Oh, we better make sure we keep this lead. We can hold them out. All we've got to do is hold them out for 40 minutes and we'll get through to the Rugby World Cup final. Can you hear the two different mindset states from the French to the New Zealanders? So fast forward, out they come in the second half. France comes at uh, New Zealand, scores the first try. New Zealand are going, what's going on? How come we're the greatest team in the world and this little-known French team who's ranked something well down the rankings are beating us? They go into what the um, New Zealand players describe later on as a panic mode, right? And which we're going to learn about the two different styles of um, what the New Zealand came uh, cl- club came up, New Zealand club, <laughs> New Zealand rugby come up with to combat this panic style later on. But New Zealand went into panic mode or a threat state. We are going to lose this match. We need to protect it. We need to hold on. Meanwhile, the French are saying, we're going to get this, guys. We're going to actually win this. We're going to go hard, go hard, go hard, go hard. In the end, 
New Zealand lost the game 43-31 to and France went through to the Rugby World Cup final. The New Zealand players and probably the people of New Zealand will still remember the pain of this loss because they lost the World Cup in this moment. So why is this important to you? If you can identify those two different mindsets that that the French team were in and the New Zealand team were in, then you can start to understand how you might be approaching your training uh, for your next event or maybe the event itself or maybe somewhere else in life where you're coming to the um, the thing with a th- in a threat state instead of a challenge state. So what am I talking about? Well, a challenge state is where you're going into something. Let's say it is a race, and you're aware of the consequences and risks and the chance of failure, but you're a hundred percent focused on the goal or the task at hand. Right? That's your focus. Focus the goal and the task. A threat state is you are solely focused on the consequences, the risks and the chance of failure, and you have no focus on achieving the task. So put simply, the challenge state, you're focusing on achieving something. I can handle this. I can do this. I'm going to go after this. And the threat state is where you're avoiding failure or loss. I remember reading a... um, a race report from the coast of Kosciuszko uh, about 10 years ago. And one of the best runners in the world had come to Australia to run coast of Kosciuszko. And I read his race report and he took the, sorry, he took second place at about the 100 kilometer mark. And from that moment on in his race report, all he talked about was looking over his shoulder at third, fourth and fifth, who were at the time three probably the three best ultra runners in Australia who were all chasing him down. But his whole race report was about checking on the split of the guy behind him, looking over his shoulder, worrying if that person was going to actually catch him. Can I hold this lead? And the rest of his race was spent in this painful, fearful state of hanging on to second place. There was no mention in his race report of going after first place or seeing how good I could be in the day or focusing on my run and my execution of my race plan. It was all on the fear of losing this second place and protecting it. And that's a good example, I think, about how that that guy was in that threat state for a prolonged period of time. Because I don't want this to happen to you. I want you to be able to identify when you fall into a threat state. And it happens to us all the time, most days. And, and normally when you're facing something big, like a big goal, a big event coming up or a big thing at work or, or with family or something. Um, an example is, have you ever gone to the beach and the beach, the water might be a little bit cold or beach, pool, um, lake, insert water source here. And you're about to go for a swim and you kind of dip your toe in, it's a bit cold. And then you kind of edge in and it's cold, it's cold and you just gently edging in and it's really quite cold and torturous but you're getting deeper and deeper and eventually you're getting used to it you're getting used to it used to it and then and then you probably stand there and shiver and kind of put your arms around yourself right you're in a threat state you're focusing on the coldness of the water and how it's taking away your comfortable warm feeling but if you go to a challenge state and you might see the little kids next to you just dive straight in the water if you go to a challenge state and you just charge through that little little bit of discomfort or that little bit of pain and you jump in the water within two or three seconds the shock's done and you're feeling great and you feel like you've overcome this amazing obstacle by diving into the cold water you can do this in the shower too just to practice with a cold shower to practice yourself 
going after that um, cold water. Bring on the cold water, you know, I'm ready for it. This makes me a better person or gives me all these health benefits. Um, but that's an example of the challenge versus threat state, um, quite simply. Um, just to give you a bit more roundedness around what these states are, there's a saying in running, it could be anything from an ultra runner to, you know, 5k or even um, shorter. Don't be the rabbit. You might have heard this. And what that means is if you're the one that goes out hard, the perception in some of these races is you're going to get chased down by the pack. So you don't want to be the rabbit. Now, maybe that's true in cycling where the peloton gives you um, an advantage with the drafting and all that wind assist. But really in a in running event, if we stick to running, that is just a mindset. I disagree with don't be the rabbit because that's a mindset of if I go out hard, I've got to look over my shoulder, protect my lead and make sure these guys don't catch me behind, behind me. But that's the, the rabbit is in a threat state. But if you become a hunter and lead the, the race out, you will put yourself into a challenge state. And you think about people who race like this. Like I think about a Paula Radcliffe or a Jim Walmsley from um, the US, who's a Western States 100-mile record holder. He, those runners ran from the front and, and basically said, come and get me. Like I'm going for this. I'm going after a record today. I'm going after this. And there was no fear about losing the position or anything. It was solely focused on going after it and accepting the risk and, and, and building on it anyway. I think of, in Australia of, of a Brendan Davies in the ultra running. He raced, he races like this as well. Steve Prefontaine, he was a runner who left everything out there and went for it and was going after things rather than trying to protect things. I had my own experience of this. The first time I ever won a race in 2013 was the Human Hovel 100 kilometer, an awesome race in, in um, Tumbarumba in New South Wales. And I took the lead at a, with about nine k's to go. And as soon as I took the lead, I was in a complete threat state for those final nine k's. I'd heard about this excellent runner, Andrew Donaldson. Hey, Andrew, if you're out there, mate, legend of a guy, legend of an ultra runner. And I heard, I'd heard the stories about Andrew's closing speed and how he blitzed the end of every race that he went into and, and ended up winning most of them. And so I took the lead. And all I did for those last nine Ks was run in fear. Was Andrew going to catch me? Was that him? I heard something in the bush coming behind me. Was that Andrew? I, I don't know if I can maintain this lead. I'm exhausted. How far is it to go? Uh, and I was completely in a threat state. Had I known what I'm going to teach you today, I would have been able to shift myself out of that threat state and back into the challenge state. Just a little bit of new neurology here. I know that most podcasts today talk about all the brain chemistry, um, neurobiology, and what happens with neurotransmitters between fight or flight and everything. I just want to give you a little bit of a distinction here just to really sum up this challenge versus threat state. If you think about a stressor coming towards you in your body, whether it's a public speaking event, a running race, something you have to do that you've never done before in life, um, stepping up somehow that, that, that involves a stressor coming at you. You've always heard in psychology, we go into a fight, flight, or freeze state when we're faced with a, with a challenge or a stressor, right? It brings on stress. Well, think about challenge and threat dividing fight being challenge and flight and freeze being threat, right? So it's like the division between fight, flight, or freeze. Challenge, you're going after it, and freeze, uh, sorry, a threat, you're going to hide from it or run from it.
right? The big distinction with challenge and threat states is what happens with the dilation of the uh, blood vessels, which actually gives you more available blood and oxygen to your muscles and your brain for thinking in a challenge state than it does in a threat state where you vasoconstrict, which means your blood vessels are basically um, getting smaller in case you might bleed to death. So that's what this comes down to. But in a challenge state, you're getting more blood to your brain to be able to think clearer, clearer and more blood to the extremities to be able to move uh, better as well. So there's a little distinction. Right. Enough, Rob, enough talking about this stuff. Tell me how I get out of a threat state into a challenge state. Right, I'm going to give you a few different strategies. The first one is from the book, one of my favorite all-time books, The Tools by psychotherapists uh, Phil Stutz and Barry Michaels. Now, they still say this is their favorite tool. It's called Bring It On or The Reversal of Desire. Imagine yourself in a little bubble that represents your comfort zone. Everything's comfortable and warm and you know everything you know what's going to happen everything's prepared there's no there's no threats or anything you're just safe you know exactly what's going to happen every moment of your life nothing's going to um, be different at any time and you just want it to be like this for the rest of your life i'm never going to step outside this comfort zone but in the um in the wise words of missy higgins i was comfortable and warm inside my shell i didn't realize this place would soon become my hell Now, that comfort zone is not where you're going to grow. It's not where you're going to make a difference in the world. It's not where you're going to reach your potential as an athlete. And it's certainly not where you're going to find growth. So we need to find a way to get out of that comfort zone because the comfort zone is linked to a threat state. I don't want anything to change. Now, imagine on the other side of that comfort zone is the thing that you want, but you're perceiving as a threat. It could be the next big race. I'm going to run a 50-kilometer race, or I'm going to run a 5K against all these amazing people, my first 5K or my first 10K or my first half Ironman. That's producing the fear in your body. Now, we want to imagine that fear as a dark cloud that gets between your comfort zone and the thing that you want. And we're going to use these steps in this Bring It On um, tool. The first step is you say, bring it on. You stand up, you change your physiology and you say, bring it on. Then you say, I love pain, right? Now that's a shift, isn't it? Because your comfort zone says, I don't want any pain in my life. I want everything to be exactly the same for every day for the rest of my life. But you're saying, I love pain. Now, the third thing you say, as you imagine yourself bursting through this dark cloud towards the thing you want is pain sets me free. And you're moving forward into forward momentum. Just like diving into the cold water where you're edging closer, you want to stay in your comfort zone, and then you say, bring it on. You dive in the water and you you do the thing and you grow and you become freer as a result of it. That is the first tool I'm going to give you. Again, if you want more information, The Tools by Phil Stutz and Barry Michaels. They just made a documentary on Netflix about Phil Stutz, funnily enough. Number two, a little tool I'm going to give you here. It's going to help you identify two different parts of you. The first part is the scared little part, right? A scared little Robbie who doesn't want to get hurt, who's a little bit scared of the world or scared of the next race or or scared of 
getting out of his comfort zone or scared of doing the public speaking or scared of doing this podcast. Little Robbie doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to do anything different. He just wants everything to be okay and everyone to like him and and everything to just be normal, right? But then there's the other part of you. <laughs> your part might not be scared little Robbie. It might be scared little something else. You get the picture. Um, the other part of you is your power. It's the part of you that wants to grow, that wants to learn, that wants to be better, that wants to experience life, wants to go after things. You've got these two different parts inside you. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not psychotic. It's just we've all got these different parts and they all have something, a gender for us or an intention for us. So when you go into this threat state, it's useful to attribute this to that little scared little part of you that doesn't want change, doesn't want challenge, just wants to stay the same for the rest of your life and attribute that, oh, that little scared little Robbie's got the controls. That's why I'm behaving like I am. Now, taking your power back is going to the other part of you, the part of you that wants to make a difference and and, and share things and, and experience life and travel and do new things and grow and get stronger. So we need to go to that part of you to get out of the threat state and back into the challenge state. I hope you I hope that one helps you as well because it's really helped me in my life. Probably understand that both parts of you have the same intention, which is probably to love you. But the little things trying to keep you safe by uh, so you're loved and the big thing wants you to grow and evolve to be loved. But that's, an, that's another conversation. Making sure that all of this, take a, the step back is all of this starts with having the awareness that you are in the threat state. And what that really means is being able to identify the feeling that you have. Why Why have I got anxiety in my tummy? Why have I got butterflies? Because I, I hold anxiety in my belly. Some people hold it in their chest, some in their shoulders, some get headaches or, or stiff necks. You hold your anxiety, you hold your fear in a certain part of your body. And the first step is, I'm feeling this feeling. I must be in a threat state. Now I know what's happening. There's something I want to do about it. All right. Um, number three, we're going to go to bringing yourself back to the present moment. The threat state is generally fear of something that hasn't happened yet. It's a perception, a perceived threat. So you are in the future in your mind about all these bad things that are going to happen. So you're going into a race in a couple of weeks. Oh, I might DNF. I might break my leg. I might come last. Everybody laughs. I might get lost, have to get rescued by a helicopter. I might just not have a good day. I might get sick, blah, 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 blah. All those perceived things are a threat, but they're all in the future. So we're going to bring you back to the present moment and they're back to our mindfulness tools that we've done on other other podcasts such as what can i see what can i hear what can i feel what can i taste what can i smell bring me back to now richie mccormack the uh, all blacks captain used to stamp his feet on the ground on the pitch in the middle of a game whenever he felt himself getting out of the present moment and stamping his feet was Richie's um, um, cue to bring him back to the present moment. And his um, successor, um, Kieran, oh, I forget the last name, the captain of the All Blacks after Richie McCormick, forgive me all the um, Kiwis on the call. Um, he used to lift his gaze and look around at the stadium to bring himself back to the present moment. And by looking around, he would take himself, as we learned in a previous podcast, from the narrow focus to a broad focus. And that would be how Kieran would take himself, Kieran Reed, 
Kieran Reid, take himself back into the present moment by shifting his awareness. So you, you might use something else that um, you do use to bring yourself back to the present moment. Um, using form, so focusing on your footfall, focusing on pulling yourself up like tall strings above, running form, um, focusing on landing your feet underneath your body instead of in front, swinging your arms, right? Breathing out longer than you're breathing in. You can work on these running form cues um, to bring yourself back to the present and then go to those mantras. The way you talk to yourself is so important in, in running and in life. So using those mantras and the mantras to shift you from a threat state into a challenge state because whether or not you might be aware of it you are actually talking to yourself to keep yourself in a threat state oh i might have upset this person or i might lose this race or i might not be good enough to do this public speaking event oh i haven't trained enough right you're already using self-talk you're probably just not aware of it so shift those mantras by owning them and own them and by having them pre um, planned and ready for your training and ready for your event. Some good mantras. This is my time. I've done all the work. It's time to smash this, right? I am strong. I'm a beast. I can do hard things. Uh, I've done this before. I'm going to do it again. I can handle anything life throws at me. I am ready for this or bring it on. Paula Radcliffe had a great mantra which is no limits. She said when she broke the London Marathon record in 2002 and the world record at the stage, she was asked after the event, what was your goal time? What, what were you trying to um, achieve out there? And she goes, I didn't have a goal. I was trying to run a negative split and run as fast as I could. Why would I put a limit on myself? She said the whole race, all I said to myself was no limits, no limits, no limits, no limits. How cool is that? Fast forward to, to, to um, 20 years later, we've got Elliot Kipchoge using a very sim simple, um, similar mantra of no human being is limited, right? These are the greats of running, so we can learn something from them. So bring it on. Identify the two different parts of you. Um, get back to the present moment. Focus on your form. Use a mantra. Another thing you can do if you like to sit down and work through problems on paper, which I actually do, um, or I take my problem for a run and I work it out on the run. Sit down and list all of the things that you are perceiving you could be losing or um, you can't handle about this upcoming event. Write them all out. And then once you've exhausted them, write out strategies of how you're going to combat each of them. This is that fear-setting exercise that Tim Ferriss uh, put forward, and I've, I use that quite a lot in my life. So you can go to a website if you Google um, fear setting uh, PDF uh, or go to tim.blog, you'll find fear setting. He also does a, I believe it's a TED talk on it. And all he really is doing is getting all the fears out of your head onto paper and then developing strategies to, to combat the fears in advance. So I might, I might get lost on the next race. Well, can I do something about it? Can I learn the course? Can I make sure I've got it downloaded to my phone, Garmin, carry a map? Can I run with somebody in that section I'm scared about? Can I run that section before I race? So go to the course and run it before so I'm familiar with it. And then you, so you set up all these strategies and at the end, you're basically saying, am I willing to accept the amount of risk that's left in this? And if it's yes, I'm going after it, right? So this is a way to get yourself back to the challenge state. 
Last thing I'm going to give you of how to get out of that threat state is to connect to something bigger than you. And what I mean by that is threat state is 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 when you are uh, you know, me, me, me focused, I might lose something, I'm not good enough, I'm not there, I'm blah, 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 I, 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 me, 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 self, 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 right? So when you can shift to something bigger than you, all those little petty thoughts will disappear. That could be something bigger than you, like the sky or the trees or, or like, for, for example, to nature, or it might be to God or to your religion, or it might be to the universe or to the force or or whatever you call it out there, or it might be to your purpose. I'm doing this for some different purpose, for to show my children what they can be capable of, to show my friends what they could do, to show my peers, to, to, um, to show the world what I can do um, when I go after something, or something even higher than that still. You choose, but just lift yourself out of the me and, and into that higher connection of, of doing this for a higher purpose, you know, maybe this is something you were supposed to do, and, and you're being called to do it, and, and your head's telling you you can't, but really, it's, it's not your head who's in control of this, you're being guided in some way, so that's, that's the fifth way that you can really, um, get yourself out of this threat state, and realize that no matter what happens, um, there's a higher purpose beyond this. All right, I hope you got something out of the challenge versus threat mindset. Take take this with your next run. Take this into your next work challenge or your family challenge and be aware of when you are slipping into this threat state so you you can identify where you're at and then use the tools that I've shared with you in, in this last probably 15 minutes of this podcast to get yourself back into a challenge state so that you can be a better runner. You can be a better triathlete. You can have more fun in training. You can be lighter. You can be more inspiring. You can be a better husband, a better wife, a better child, and you know more inspiring because there's there's a reason that we're all doing these crazy events. Whether it's you know starting off running at all, which is I think is an incredibly amazing thing to do. Or going after your first ultra marathon or your fiftieth ultra marathon, I believe we're all trying to develop ourselves as human beings, and this is the vehicle that we use to get better and 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 to challenge ourselves. So, really, push yourself in your training and and in your life by using these tools to bring out more of your potential, more of who you can be in this world, and um, this is one way you can really do that. So as always, thank you for listening all the way to the end of the podcast. Um, and if anyone you know can benefit from listening to this stuff that I put out, please just share it with them. And if you have any ideas for what you'd like me to cover on um, episodes in the future, please just email me um, to my new email, um, which is robmason.run at gmail.com. robmason.run at gmail.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Mindset for Runners podcast. I hope you got something useful and practical out of this episode. If you have a question around the mindset of runners or athletes in general, please email me, athlete.mindset.training at gmail.com and I'll answer your question on an upcoming podcast. And if there's anyone you know who could benefit from the information I share in these podcasts, please share it with them. See you next time.